Yeah, this is Pastor Tito here, welcoming you to another episode of our Revolutionary Podcast, where I am here to help you find faith in Christ and help you follow through with your life. Now, this is the first podcast, first sermon of the year, which I always love. And you know what? Obviously, a new year always brings new challenges, changes, right? And that's why I wanted to start off and kick off 2021 with a sermon series called I'll Do It Tomorrow. That's an excuse we all use. But the reason why we're going to tackle that excuse is so that in Christ, we can find the power to change. Now, not only change the world, but first change ourselves. I got to admit, my favorite time of the year is Christmas. I don't know if for some of you, I'm pretty sure it's the same, but my favorite Sunday of the year, I say it every year, my favorite Sunday of the year is the first Sunday of any year. It's my favorite because I really believe that, I mean, I've just seen it. I've just kind of noticed that, man, God does something on the first Sunday that kind of like sets the tone for the rest of the year. So all of you guys that made it here on uh, in person, I'm glad you guys are here. Everybody that's watching online, here we go. We're going to participate in my favorite Sunday of the year, and we're going to do it. First Sunday, brand new year, right? Brand new year, brand new series, and we're going to start it for the month of January, and it's called I'll Do It Tomorrow, all right? Online, admit it. Everybody here, raise your hand, because I can't see them. Raise, raise your hands out here. How many of you have used that phrase, I'll do it tomorrow? I'll do it tomorrow online. Be real. Don't lie. All right? I can see you. All right. God can see you. I can't see you, but God can see you. I'll do it tomorrow, right? That's, that's a phrase we all love to say. I don't know how many times my kids are there. I'm sorry. I admit it. There's times I say, Dad, can we do this? And what do I tell you sometimes? I'll do it tomorrow. And sometimes tomorrow doesn't come, and I feel really bad, okay? I have, uh, uh, husbands, am I the only one here who have told your wife, Babe, I'll do that tomorrow. Ladies, who can confirm? Tomorrow never showed up. Anybody? Tomorrow never came. Tomorrow never came. I'll do it tomorrow, but tomorrow never came, right? So we we like to use that phrase a lot, right? Especially now, this is an interesting year, right? The beginning of the year, we got all our New Year's resolutions. I think the most popular one that we'll do, I'll do it tomorrow, is probably in getting healthy, right? And eating better, working out, right? We always say, oh, uh, I'm going to start working out on... Monday, right? What day of the week? I'm going to start working out on Monday. All right, Monday. It's going to be Monday. Monday. Which Monday? I don't know, but it's going to be on Monday. All right, that's the one. And we always push it off to next Monday, next Monday. Guys, look, we're all guilty of that. I know all of us here, we've all done it like, hey, I'll take out the trash tomorrow. I'll take down Christmas tomorrow. It's still February and your lights are up, right? I, I, I'll, I'll do that report tomorrow. I, I'll, I will do homework Tomorrow, right? I'll deal with that project at work, right? We always do that. Now, why do we do that? We do it for two reasons. If we ever say, I'll do it tomorrow, it's because we feel like we have time, don't we? Like, you know what? I want to enjoy my day. I don't want to do that. Tomorrow, I'll have more time. So, so you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. So we'll do that, right? And then, or the other one, if we are like, we either say that because we feel like we have all the time in the world, and the other one is, I don't have enough time. I think that's the more popular one, right? Can I be real? Right? You're like, Look, I'll, I can't do that today. I'll do it tomorrow because I don't have time today. Right? You got so many things. You're trying to catch up. You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. So I don't have time. So I just will do it when? Tomorrow. But then 
That's when, if you do enough tomorrows like that, if you put enough things off till tomorrow, don't you end up feeling a little weird today, right? I'm pretty sure that we've, we've found so many times that, man, I put off taking care of my health till tomorrow, and now today I get that medical report. Now I'm not doing well, and I knew it. I should have been, I should have been, I shouldn't have been putting it off, right? And then what we see, like, in our marriage, maybe it's our marriage relationship. It's like, man, I I'm not where I want to be right now, and I, and I put off taking her on that date. I, I put off doing what I, I stopped doing what I used to do because I was just too busy, and now I wish we weren't in this place, right? My kids, same thing. We put off, oh, I'll play with them tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow, right? We always do that, and, then, and when we do that enough, regret begins to settle in because we realize, wow, how much time have I wasted? That's a real one. That's a real one, and I wanted to start this year with that because, man, how fast did last year feel like it passed and didn't at the same time, right? 2020 felt like it happened really fast and really slow. It's like we blinked, and I was like, oh, it's a new year. We're doing this all over again, and that's the thing. How many? I'm pretty sure some of us took advantage of some of the opportunities and the shifts, but then a whole year has gone by, right? A lot has changed. How well did we adjust? And I'm sure, you know, I know for me, I, I look back at some opportunities and some moments, I'm like, man, I got, I was a little too lazy, right? I was a little too this, I was a little too that, I was a little too distracted, and I put important things off for tomorrow, and now I'm paying the consequence. Well, here's the thing, guys. Here's what we're going to talk about today. The truth is, is that there is something that we should do. There is something that we can do, ought to do today, and if we do it, we will have less regrets tomorrow. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? There is something that we can, if we do it today, you will have less regrets tomorrow, as long as you don't put it off for tomorrow, right? So let's check it out. We're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to read 15 verses this morning, all right? So if you got your Bible, you can take it out. For those of you who don't have your Bible, I got you, all right? We're going to put it on the screen. We're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Verses 1 through 15. We're going to read straight. All right, so here we go. We're going to put it on, and I'm going to read from verse 1. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. That's verse 1. Verse 2, it says, a time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search, and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away. That's for some of you guys. Like, I've been telling you. See, look, it's in the Bible. We need to throw away all that junk that we have in the house. I'm telling you, it's right there. Biblically, God said so. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now he asks a question. What does the worker gain from his struggle? 
from all of this? What does the worker gain from all of his struggle? Well, I have seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He also has put eternity in their hearts. But no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is, has already been, and whatever will be, already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Or another thing, God will restore all that has been lost. All right, so here you can see, this is King Solomon, if you don't know who wrote this. King Solomon is the one who wrote these words. If you know King David, all right, the guy David and Goliath, if you ever remember that over in uh, Sunday school, back in the day you heard that story. Okay, David is his daddy. King Solomon later became king after David was king. And at the end of King Solomon's life, he writes this book of Ecclesiastes. And in it, what he is doing is he is actually doing an experiment. All right, we've seen this on YouTube and stuff. I'm pretty sure you've heard of, uh, let's say, doctors or people, right? They want to study uh, individuals, right? And say, you know, we're going to study this idea. We're going to study these people for like 10 years or for five years, and then we're going to do a case study. Or I'm pretty sure you've seen somebody on YouTube do like a challenge. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to live a certain way for like 30 days, or I'm going to live a certain way for a year, and I'm going to document it, and then I'm going to put it on there for, you know, make sure to like and subscribe, right? You, know, right? you get one of those. And so, right, they do that for, as an experiment to try to test something out. Well, King Solomon did that, and he documented his whole experiment. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes is. It's his final case study. And he pretty much, what King Solomon said and did was, I'm going to try something. I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to see how I can find true purpose and meaning in life under the sun. Meaning, I'm going to try everything that this world has to offer, and let's see what, you know, where I can find true purpose and meaning. So that's what he does. And in it, he has this, he's, you know, has his mind on it, and then he does everything. So did you notice at the beginning, this little section that we wrote was him wrestling with this idea of time. Because he's at the end of his life as he is doing this. And did you notice his thesis statement at the beginning of this? He says, there is a time for everything, right? There's a time for everything. Well, he, the whole book of Ecclesiastes is him saying, I pursued everything with the time that I had in my life. I pursued everything. And he, I mean, he said it. He look, I thought, I was like, you know what, let me try achievements. And so he would go and build buildings and gardens and cities. And I'm like, you know what, that wasn't enough. And no matter what Solomon did, he was awesome at it. I know you hate people like that, don't you? Like, no matter what they do, what they, everything that they touch, they're just amazing at it, right? I was like, oh, you, you one of them people. King Solomon was one of those guys. He was like, you know what? Let's try that. Achievements, I did it all. Anything you could imagine. No, nothing. All right, well, let me try money. And he accumulated as much property and things, and he became the richest person in the world. Still, nothing. I was like, all right, well, what about academics? Maybe it's in knowledge. And he became a master at everything. Nothing. What about the arts and expressions? And he became awesome at it. Nothing. Maybe relationships. I'll try that. So my boy went all out. 300 wives, 700 concubines slash girlfriends. A thousand girls. A thousand girls. 
and, they, and he had kids with a ton of them. Listen, I got one. She's awesome. But a thousand? My gosh. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Could you imagine having, I mean, to deal with a thousand dramas? Okay, whatever. I'm just going to leave it at that, right? That's, that's, oh, my gosh. So he goes all of it. He, he said, I did it all, guys. Anything you could imagine, King Solomon did it. He did it. And as he's doing this, he's at the end of his life, and now he's wrestling with this idea of time. He spent so much time pursuing everything under the sun, and he's realizing time is running out. And there's nothing he can do to stop it. You catch that? There's not, like, there's not enough time in this world to continue this experiment. There's not enough time to try everything and see. And he is realizing, man, I can't control time. From his struggle, what is the struggle? Dealing with life. Dealing with this idea of time. Because I know it sounds so poetic and beautiful. But he's wrestling with the fact that, yeah, look, there's a time for everything, but sometimes we don't know when to do what. Am I real with that? Sometimes you and I don't know when to do what, and we do the wrong, we do the right thing at the wrong time, and that's not going to produce right results. And so sometimes you and I don't always do the right thing at the right time, and that's why you and I make mistakes. That's why we miss opportunities, and they pass us by. He's like, man, it's hard to know. Yeah, there's a time for everything, but sometimes it's hard to know when to do what. And that's not, I mean, and this dude was super smart, but not only that, that whole idea of the couplets, there's a time for this and a time for that. You know what that also points to? Change. Things change, and sometimes you can't stop it. There's a time for this and a time for that, and sometimes you can't do anything, you know, there's nothing you can do, right? And that can be frustrating. I mean, could you, wouldn't you love it if you were in this beautiful moment in your life, and it was like, I just want to pause life and live in this moment forever. Right? Wouldn't that be cool? But we can't. Eventually, the good old days ain't going to be the good old days anymore, right? And things change and this, and you can't, there's nothing, as much as you work, you can't control. I mean, even Solomon was wrestling. He says, man, I've spent my whole life building an empire, and I'm about to die. And what's bothering me is some fool can come behind me and wreck everything that I've dedicated my entire life to building. That is frustrating. That was a little depressing. Like, man, I spent all of my time building this, living that, and it might not last. It won't last. That's, that's ridiculous. So what is his conclusion? He says, well, I guess the, all that we can do is enjoy. Did you catch it? Enjoy the good life. All we can do is enjoy life and recognize that, the, that God has given us the simple gifts of even eating and doing those, those small things are so important. You know, sometimes, guys, look, I've done this. I know you've done this, and we need to chill. We get so focused on the destination that we don't enjoy the journey, right? We get so focused on the destination, who I want to be, my dreams, my hopes, everything in the future. Our eyes are so focused on there that we don't enjoy the little things. That's when we look back and realize, wow, oh, man, now that's regret because I didn't enjoy that time. I didn't enjoy that season I didn't enjoy that moment the way that I did. Oh, can I, I'm just going to frustrate everybody today. Here we go. First day, he was like, man, he's coming at me already. Right? Look, here's the crazy part. You and I can feel like we are truly grateful and enjoying a season in our life only to look back at it later and to realize you really didn't enjoy it the way you should have. Isn't that crazy? That's the struggle that we have in human, as humanity. So what does he say? He says, well, all that we can do, we can't control time. 
all that we can't control is our decisions, man. Maybe we should enjoy the good life. But then he actually says this. What we need to do is we need to include a good God in our life, though. Because to enjoy the good life is to enjoy a good God in your life. Did you catch in verse 11? He said this interesting phrase. God has put eternity in our hearts. Did you catch that? God has put eternity in our hearts. What does that mean? Guys, what is eternity? You know what eternal means, right? Timelessness. Eternal means forever. No beginning, no end. Timeless. So think about that, which is, I believe, is another reason why you and I tend to, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Because you and I have a sense of timelessness built inside of us, like we have all the time in the world, yet we are human beings bound by time. There's a sense of timelessness in us, yet we are subject to time at the same time. And that's weird. That's frustrating, right? But what he says, God has put eternity in our hearts, meaning there is a vacuum that only an eternal God can satisfy. That's it. I mean, Solomon's pursuit of trying everything under the sun was to fill that void of eternity, was to fill this sense. It's so, look, I don't care what you are, what you believe. Isn't it interesting? We all, we all look to saviors, and we all have this hope of some kind of a heaven and utopia. And we all know that the way things are in this world, things shouldn't be this way. Isn't that interesting? Right? Things shouldn't be this way. And we need some kind of a savior. And there's this hope in this future, this ideal scenario. That's, that's the eternity that's in us. But only God can satisfy that. Only God can fulfill that. It's only him. And so what he says is, man, you got to get God, you got to get a good God in your life. And why? Because he makes things, he makes all things right. In verse 11, and he, look, man, it's these beautiful phrases I wanted you to catch. Verse 11, he says, God makes all things appropriate in his time. God makes all things beautiful in his time. Whoa, look at that. See, he, you and I, we can't change things. We're stuck. We're bound by time. And yet he's saying, but there is a God who makes all things right at the right time. This is a God that is in control of time, holds time. He is not subject to time. Not only does he fulfill us, but he is the one that, man, we need him. Because it is only God that can make things right at the right time. Do you know the scriptures say in the New Testament that Jesus came into this world and died on the cross at the right time for sinners? Maybe you and I, I'm like, well, how is that? But God did everything, does all things at the right time. And look at verse 14. It said, everything God does lasts forever. There's no adding to it or taking from it. That's his struggle, right? It's like, man, I can't add to my life. I can't add more years. I, I am bound. And, and things that I have done, somebody else can take. But God, God is different. This is, this, this is a different God. And, I, and he's encouraging us. and says, look, you need this God in your life. He makes all things right at the right time. So in essence, you know what King Solomon pretty much ends with this? So get right with God right now. That's what you need. Look, God makes all things right at the right time. So you better get right with God right now. At the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, you know what he pretty much says? is like, listen, pursue God in your youth. Now, I know some of y'all will be like, maybe you consider youth, you know, below 55. I was like, I don't know, right? But listen, in essence, what he's saying is 
get God in your life the sooner, not the later. And it doesn't matter how old you are, how much time you've wasted. Now is better than never. Now is better than never. So get God in your life right now and get right with God right now. And in essence, he says, look, well, all we're called to do, fear God and obey God. Not to be afraid of him like, you know, you know, like a judge or like the police are going to do something or this or that or somebody's going to come down on me. No, to fear God is to love and respect, take him seriously in the way that a child would lovingly trust a parent. That's it. That's what he would do. And did you notice verse 14? I'm going to read it again. It says, God works so that people will be in awe of him. In awe of him. That's what he wants. That people will be in awe. Guys, you got to get right with God. Right now. That's what he's pretty much saying. Because look, verse 15, this is beautiful. Look at this phrase. Whatever it is has already been, whatever will be, already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted or he restores all that is lost. This last idea is beautiful. It's pretty much saying, you can trust in God, and right now, maybe right now in this moment, you can't see things for what they are, but know that God is not surprised. <clears throat> what has happened, has happened already. What's gonna happen? God's been there, so we can trust in him. <clears throat> and so here's the application. I'm going to get it because this is getting a little, little confusing. So look, let me just get right to it. I told you a minute ago, God makes all things right at the right time. And so what we need to do is trust in God right now. And I know, listen, we're at the beginning of the year before you blink. The year's going to be over. We're first Sunday of the year before you blink. The year's going to be over, and you're going to realize, whoa, where? Did all that time go? And I, if you do this one thing, not just today, try it for the next six days, but do it to carry you on the rest of this year. It's this right here. There's a time for everything, guys. There's a time to do what we need to do, right? There's a time for this and a time for that. But you know what? The time to follow Jesus is always right now. The time to trust in Jesus is always right now. No matter what is happening in your life, there's a time for this and a time for that. A time when you should and a time when you shouldn't. But I'm telling you now, right now is always the time to follow Jesus. In fact, in Ephesians 5, 16 and 15 and 16, that's what Paul says. It says, take advantage of the time. Be wise with your time because the days are evil. Meaning that there's opportunities all around you that are going to rob you. They're going to get you for love. Put God off till tomorrow. Have fun with, have fun today. While out today. Do all this today. You can follow Jesus tomorrow. You can ask him to forgive you tomorrow. I've done that one. I'm going to do what I want to do today. I can just ask Jesus to forgive me tomorrow. I've done that one. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. But you know what happens? Tell me, tell me I'm lying. Some of you Christians here, tell me I'm lying. I'm going to do what I know is not right because I want to. And then I'll, I'll get right with God tomorrow. But then tomorrow comes and you feel so guilty for what you did yesterday that you, don't, you can't pull yourself to follow Jesus today. So then you put that one off for tomorrow. And then you put that one off for tomorrow. And then you put it off for tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. And because you know what, man? I, 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 I'm just so ashamed of me. 
tomorrow never comes. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Tell you, do not put Jesus off until tomorrow. Do not put anything. I don't care who you are. Do not put Jesus off until tomorrow because tomorrow's going to come. I've never met somebody who said yes to Jesus today, and tomorrow they were like, man, you know what? I said Jesus, I said yes to Jesus yesterday, but here I am. I shouldn't have done that. I should have did this. I should have did that. I, should, man, I can't believe I said yes. I feel I have regrets that I said yes to Jesus yesterday. I ain't met one person that do that. Not one. But you know what happens, though? When you say yes to Jesus today, you walk in greater freedom tomorrow. When you walk, when you say yes to Jesus today, you walk in greater peace tomorrow. When you walk in Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus today, you do not. You have less regrets tomorrow because Jesus makes the biggest difference. He is the one that you need. He is what fulfills all of that. It is him. And so, look, there's a time for everything, and there's, you can't change this and change that, but you can control what you do in this moment. And now is always the time to say yes to Jesus. And here's the bottom line. If I wanted you to remember this, don't remember the fact that the pastor was hawking up a storm. All right, see, I'm better now. All right? So that's not what I want you to remember. I want you to remember this right here. Following Christ today produces less regrets tomorrow. Following Christ today produces less regrets tomorrow. Got me? Following Christ today produces less regrets tomorrow. Less regrets in your life, in your marriage, in your kids. All those things, following Jesus today, produces less regrets tomorrow. You don't want to be like Solomon who spent his whole life doing this, pursuing everything under the sun, only to realize that true purpose and meaning cannot be found under the sun. It is beyond it. It is in God himself. He spent his whole life building something and realizing I've wasted a lot of time. He wrote these words so that we wouldn't have to look back. And regardless of much, much time you've wasted, it does not matter. God can make all things right at the right time. And when you put your trust and confidence in Jesus, he makes things right right now. He makes things right right now. It doesn't matter what yesterday was. It doesn't matter how much time you spend walking away from God and this and that. It does not matter because the lie is, oh, it's too late for you. It's too late for you. You put it off for tomorrow too long. It's too late. I'm telling you now, that is a lie. God makes all things right at the right time. And when you put your trust in him, he makes things right right now. So if, listen, I'm talking to some of you. If you've never put your trust and confidence in Jesus, you don't know what that's like. Maybe you're here for the first time. You're trying to figure that out. Or maybe you've kind of been around a little bit, but you're hearing something, and I'm like, man, look, there's sometimes people that have been around long enough, but yet God has not done the, and you haven't taken that final step. I'm telling you, you and I, we are all pursuing things to fill that void of eternity in our lives. You fill it with people, stuff, activity, whatever makes you feel important and gives you life. It could be relationships. It could be substances. It could be achievements. It could be your hopes. It could be your dreams. All good things. I'm not saying that those aren't, you know, there's a lot of good things there. But let me tell you, none of it is enough. You know how I know none of it is enough? How many times have you had to go and be with that one person, do that one thing? Felt good, right? It felt good for how long? You had to do it again to feel that again, huh? You got to keep doing that again to feel that again. You got to keep going and do it. Why? Because it is not enough. And I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, it is better to get God in your life sooner rather than later, and you ain't going to regret it because God is the only thing that can fulfill that. And once, once you have 
God in your life, you begin to realize that God actually brings meaning to all of your life. And apart from God, nothing has meaning. But he can give you meaning when you get God in your life. Again, following Christ today does produce, it, it will produce less regrets tomorrow. So I'm telling you, listen, if you're listening to me and you've never put your trust and confidence in Jesus, grab on to God's promises because God's promises for today because tomorrow is not promised. You feel me on that one? God's promises are for today because tomorrow is not promised for you or for me. So all you do, if you call on the name of Jesus, he promises to make all things right at the right time. And that's right now. And for those of you that have, if you have put your trust and confidence in Jesus, all right, and you've gone and you've surrendered to Jesus already, well, then good. Then keep spending with time with Jesus today. Spend time with him today. Don't put that off until tomorrow. You guys know what that's like. If some of y'all done the, the YouVersion Bible apps and you've fallen behind for like, you know, two months, and then you feel, I'm just the worst Christian in the world, right? Like, you, you hate to see that notification, right? It doesn't matter, guys. God's not looking for those check marks. But spend time with Jesus today. I don't care how much time you have. You don't put him off for another day. Because, again, when you follow Jesus today, when you spend time with Jesus today, you ain't going to regret that tomorrow. You're not going to regret it tomorrow. In fact, you will regret putting him off if you know him. So spend time with Jesus today. And especially if you are following Jesus Christ, share Jesus with someone today. Don't put that off for tomorrow. I'm like, oh, you know, let me, let me read a couple books and let me, let me figure that out a little bit. And I was like, let me know, man, because would you have liked it if somebody had put it off for tomorrow and not told you about Jesus? Maybe you wouldn't be here today. God can use you to be that same thing. Listen, following Jesus today produces less regrets tomorrow. And the more of us that follow Jesus together today, not only the less regrets we'll have for tomorrow, the more our lives will change and the more the lives of others will change. That's what happens, guys. Listen, the world is changing, isn't it? The world is changing. And good, you know what? So are you. You're changing too by the decisions that you make. And when you say no to Jesus today, you're going to keep changing, not for the better. But when you say yes to Jesus today, you change. He changes you. And when you change, then that's how the world changes. Because, look, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The church is the world's thermostat. Look, I don't know about you. Does anybody have a rule in the house on who can touch the thermostat? Some, some, look, some daddies some daddies got their chest all popped up. I'm like, hey, no, no, it's Daddy touches the thermostat. Nobody else. That's my, you know, thermostat's mine. No, don't let my kid touch that thermostat. That's, that's my thing, right? Some, some of the guys love that. They love that sense of power, right? Because it is power. You can control the environment, right? So that's kind of cool. But listen, if you want, let's say the house is too hot, you want it to be colder. Or the house is too cold, you want it to be hotter. In essence, you want to change the, you don't like the environment in your house. If you want to change the environment, what do you got to do first? Change the thermostat, right? You change the thermostat, you change the environment. The church is the world's thermostat. And when the thermostat, the church invites the heavenly father to say, Lord, put your hand on us. Shift us. Change us. When the church invites the he our Heavenly Father by Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit to change us, when the thermostat changes, the environment changes. When God puts his hand on the church and move it, you're going to like. Some of it you're not. I don't know what it is. 
But that's just the reality of life. Things change. And guess what? I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to be real with you. Tomorrow's fears, tomorrow's worries will eventually be today's problems that you got to deal with. It's going to happen. You know that to be true. Tomorrow's problems will eventually be today's challenges you got to deal with. But when that day happens, when that moment happens, you will not have regretted putting your trust in Jesus today. You will not. Because listen, there is nothing that you can't handle when you put yourselves in the hands of a holy God. Nothing. But all you have to do is that. And that's what I want to lead you and encourage you to do right now. Right now. We're not putting it off for another moment. If you've never put your trust and confidence in Jesus today, grab on to the promises of God because they're for today. Promises are not for you. Tomorrow is not promised. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus Christ, and maybe this year, maybe you put God off too much because you keep on saying yes to living a way that you know you shouldn't, but you just can't help it for some reason. You keep on saying yes to this, no to God, and now it's hard for you to say yes to Jesus because of how many times you've told him no. You guys know what? Doesn't matter. God, it doesn't matter how many times you told him no. You better tell him yes today because you won't regret that tomorrow. So let's do that right now. I want to lead, let's go. I want to lead you guys in a prayer. Let's just take and respond to God because God makes all things right at the right time, especially when we call on him right now. And so, Lord, I thank you so much, God, that you, though you transcend time, you stepped into time. You stepped into time to live the life that none of us could live. So, Lord, and you gave your life so that we could have life by dying on the cross for sinners like me and like everybody here, who each and every one of us, each and every one of us have not made, have made mistakes. Some of it we knew about, some of it we didn't. Lord, I know that there's not one of us here that doesn't look back and be, man, I wish I could have had that over again. I wish I could have done that again. I wish I could have said yes to Jesus a long time ago. But I put it off. I put it off. And now, God, I thank you so much that, Lord, you, you have created today, this moment. For today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that you can move and act. And God, I thank you because, Lord, you have prepared a gift for us today. And may we take advantage of it right now by placing ourselves in your hands. As we're praying here, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, I want you right now in this new year to ask God to renew you. Especially if you are a follower of Christ that maybe you could say, look, I've been an inconsistent one this last year. I've struggled with a lot this last year with the it's all the craziness. Maybe I didn't handle things well. And I'm not in the place that I wish I could be. Acknowledge that. Repent of those sins right now. Repent of the time that you have said no to Jesus and doubled back to the very same sin that long ago you asked him to forgive you of and set you free. And he did set you free. And you keep playing games with that. If that's you, I want to encourage you right now is the time to say, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you today. Forget about what if you fail him tomorrow. What if I forget? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will come. Deal with him today. 
Give your life, surrender to Jesus today. Repent of your sins, turn to him and love and be loved right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that all those who are saying yes to you right now, I know, God, that your word says that you are making all things right in this moment. And God, I, we, we, we pray in, in the name of Jesus and we rebuke all forms of any depression and regret. There is no condemnation in Christ. And so any lie and feeling of regret and shame, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus because that is a lie that is not coming from the mouth of God because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Though we know we deserve it, though we know we should get it, God, you still don't give us condemnation, Lord. It is love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. And so, Lord, I pray that you may overwhelm those, your followers right now. I pray that you may overwhelm your sons and daughters right now with your great love and who you are. In Jesus' name. And for everybody else, if you don't know, if you've never put your trust and confidence in Jesus right now, tomorrow's not promised, but that promise is for you today. And all you have to do is pray. Not a special words, because listen, a prayer don't save you. A prayer doesn't save you because like the words don't save you. Jesus saves you. And when you put your trust and confidence in Jesus, you are born again. You are a new person in Christ. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. And all you have to ask him is, Lord, forgive me of my sins and fill me with your spirit. Fill that void inside of me with you and help me to follow you and continue to know you. That is all you have to pray. Pray those in your own hearts right now and say, Jesus, I recognize I have wasted too much time trying to pursue this, pursue that, and none of it to find fulfillment and none of it is enough. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of wasting time. But right now in this moment, Lord, fill me with all that you are. Fill me with your love. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit so that I can follow you and learn to enjoy a good God in my life, Lord, that you may lead us to enjoy the eternal life that you have given us in Christ Jesus. If that's you, if you've prayed that prayer online, I want you to tell me right now, I'm saying yes to Jesus for the first time because it's, it's important to make that declaration. If you've done that, put that right now in the chat and say, and if you've done that too, as we're all praying, you can raise your hand. I know I see a lot of you guys, some of you, I'm not sure, but if you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, you can just raise your hand as a declaration and saying, God, I am saying yes to you today. Lord, I thank you for all the things, every decision that we are making right now, Lord, and mine especially, to trust in you right now. Because we know, God, that you will make all things right at the right time. All that has been lost, God, you will restore. You will make all things right at the right time. And God, we are thanking and we praise you, Lord, for what you are doing right now. Right now. You are never too busy for us. You never put off forgiving us for tomorrow. You never put off pursuing us for tomorrow. You are always doing that today because that is your, how great your love is for us. And so, Lord, it is in those promises that we hold on to. It is the promises of Christ Jesus that we have in you. We hold on to those, not just for today, but we ask Holy Spirit that you help us to hold on to these every single day. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. And amen. If you don't have a New Year's resolution already for 2021, well, hey, I just gave you one. Follow Jesus today. Today. 
All right. Don't worry about the destination. Focus on the journey. That's all you can do. I love Andy Andrews's quote when he says that the person that you will be someday, you are now becoming with every decision that you make. And when you decide to follow Jesus today, you will have less regrets tomorrow and you will walk in greater freedom tomorrow. So the application, guys, is that don't whatever it is, just is it praying? Is it reading the Bible? Is it listening to a sermon? Is it spending time with Jesus? Look, whatever it is, reading a book out of whatever it is, do that today. And maybe God is leading you to do something, to love someone, to forgive someone, to encourage someone, to, to whatever it is, do that today. I guarantee you, you won't regret it tomorrow. Next week, we're going to continue this series and pick up where I left off. But until then, be a revolutionary that revolves their life around Christ, not putting it off for tomorrow, but following Jesus today.